episode three of the Anika podcast. I'm so glad that you joined me today. Today's conversation is about leadership. And we move from our conversation of Built to Last about the workplace um, and the last episode and into this one where we're now talking about how to build leaders that are built to last. And so there is there are a few things that come to mind immediately when we go into the topic about leadership. On my mind is always perspective. What are you doing to grow and evolve your perspective as a leader? How are you growing beyond your own experiences and the things that you hear, what you allow to be a part of your daily routine to broaden your perspective and gain more experience that is outside of what you would typically come across. One of the things that I find um, with many leaders is that they are very comfortable with the work groups that they're in, the the um, leadership that they are around, perhaps who they are um, who they are second to in their careers. Um, but there's often dynamics of what other work groups and organizational functions are like that they may not have explored, where the culture may be incredibly different. Inside our own organizations, there can be a myriad of experiences, cultural norms and challenges that we can experience as leaders should we allow ourselves to connect beyond our functional areas. So one of the things that I think is incredibly important is that leaders are experienced and exposed to functions outside of their own. Now this has many different benefits. There is certainly the understanding of knowledge about parts of the business and the way the business operates to understand your place in the whole. There's also the benefit of networking and growing um, as you get to know and, and really truly understand what it takes for someone to be successful in other areas of the business and the way that you can support one another. But then the third piece is learning more about the way that the organizational culture shows up in different places. Leaders are responsible for the way the organizational culture comes to life. They're required to create environments where people are successful. By doing that, they ensure that the organization overall has success. And so what is it about perspective growing or gathering that makes it so important for leaders? Well, when we think about the dynamics that we've seen, 2020 gave us such incredible talking points for shifting, for growing in perspective. Before then, the majority of companies in the, the majority of total companies in the country would never have considered remote work to be a viable option. Yet, we saw time and time again how beneficial remote work was for people. And while it does have its downside, there are the pieces around connectivity that are complex, it still is possible. And what I find, I continue to coach people whose experiences are that they work more hours and more diligently when they are outside of their corporate environment than they did inside because there tend to be less distractions. Now, some people would say the conversation at the water cooler is a distraction. For others, it's a, it's a meeting of the mind. It's a place where new relationships are forged. It's a place where ideation happens and sometimes even innovation. So there are benefits to people being able to have that time to get up, move around, and, and bump into people and have conversation and grow um, and connect. But there's also a huge benefit that organizations have, have garnered from people being at home. The benefit of the increased productivity, less time in travel, so more time that people were willing to dedicate working, definitely impacted companies. 
And so did the quality of life changes that impacted their employee base. Because as employees enjoyed the benefit of being able to be remote, what that meant for them being able to leave work and go to their yoga class that they otherwise would have missed or things like that, the health and happiness and well-being of employees has the potential of improving. Now there's lots of other factors that we can consider, but if we just look at those for a moment, when we look back at, the, at those shifts of what we didn't believe was possible, what we did not think could have been benefits gained, you can see that we were pleasantly surprised by the possibilities that showed up during a time that was incredibly difficult. Good leaders looked at this and said, how can I make this environment work and be conducive to the employee population? What are the things that I can do to ensure that people are able to work in such a way where they can deliver their job, they can still feel connectivity to one another, and they're able to do it remote given the circumstances that we had during COVID? Good leaders are always thinking about what possibilities exist. And grounding yourself in being a person of possibilities mindset is incredibly important. We, we are in a time where the changes we experienced in COVID are still lingering and there are more things like that to come. Let's just be transparent. But in addition to that, the multi-generational workforce mindsets about work and, and corporate responsibility and social responsibility, there are all these different dynamics that are evolving so incredibly quickly, not to mention the increase in technology and the ways in which it shows up and has the potential to change our jobs. There's a lot that is constantly shifting. And because of this constant shift, leaders are called upon to understand the landscape of what's happening outside of their direct work group as much as they are what's happening on the inside. Part of that, what's happening on the outside, is really having a good finger on the pulse of what's happening with their employee population. To be a good leader, you have to have people who are willing to follow you. You have to be able to cast visions that people can see and see themselves in, desire to be a part of, that are clear about why their work matters, because that creates engagement. And in order to do that, we have to see the, the diversity of our workforce growing even significantly, even when the team is exactly the team that it was a year ago. What do I mean by that? In many cases, the people that you might have on a work group are the same, but the needs that they have, have that they have are and will continue to evolve. As, a, as an employee, the desires or needs that I had two years ago were totally different than they were at the beginning of 2023. I shifted in many different areas of my life and that included some of the things that were requirements for me in order to be able to work in such a way that I could deliver at my best. When I think about someone who has had a diagnosis, perhaps they have found that they are colorblind and this is a newer thing that they're exploring and figuring out how to, how to work in a way where they are accommodating the difference in how they see the color red. So it becomes a, a consideration for that entire work group to think about shifting using red ink on anything to using a color that they're able to see when they're in presentations. 
that is such a it, it's such an important example of a nuance or something that can change that people don't realize but it has a significant impact on the person if you think about the way two people are using a document to communicate, if half of the information is in red and the other person can't see red, then there's a problem. There's a significant gap in communication, such as the same as we look at neurodivergence and what that means in the workplace. There's so many things that are shifting in the way that people see and experience their challenges that they may have with the way traditional work systems are set up. It's no different than how I think about the friends in my, in my personal circle who are left-handed. I will constantly think about where am I putting them and are I, am I ensuring that there's enough space for them? Do I allow them to sit in on the, the left side of the table ensuring that I sit to the right so that there is space for them? There, these are the types of things that leaders want to be in tune to. But let's take it a bit deeper than that. So there's some things that are obvious that are shifts that they may be because of a new diagnosis or something that someone is exploring and, and wants to share that perhaps they haven't shared in the past that's, that's theirs to do as they, as they please. But then there are changes that are related to what's happening in the world that quite honestly are things that will impact work. They're going to have an impact. And a good leader is looking at how those things might show up and where they are called upon to come up with solutions with or on behalf of an employee or employees in their work group. If I think about the, um, the amount of burnout that exists right now in, in organizations, it is more significant than it has ever been. We are constantly on there is a culture of communication that has taken new heights because of what technology has enabled and it's beautiful. And at the same time, attached to the technological advance are the human interests on the other side of it. Said another way, if I send a, t a text or an email to someone at 8.30 at night and I'm waiting for a response because it, it in turn is going to lay out some dominoes for me to complete something that I want to do at the end of, uh, at the end of my night, that work group is going to experience a shift in, in the dynamic. It should not be an expectation that someone outside of their workday at 8 p.m. is checking their phone, yet they know that they have the ability to do so. And so many people check it before they go to bed, which then creates a spiral and engages them back in work, even if it's only for five minutes to think about the question that was posed and to respond to it. So we're in this always on environment and the expectations get tighter and it becomes more intense as the business challenges continue to exist. And so we have to be more cognizant to the culture that we're creating. Acculturation means a lot. And when we go back to we thinking, uh, thinking about burnout, the expectation for people to be present in meetings all the time, to be, off to be on camera all the time, those things create stressors for people. I can think about um, an example that I think really can really um, sum this up for you as a leader. There was um, a, an employee at an organization who had just experienced some significant um, loss in her in their life, and they lost multiple people in a really short time frame. And they were still showing up for every single meeting in the way that that um, had been asked of them. They had not taken any bereavement time. And the, the only thing that they asked is, is for the ability to be off camera. 
At one point, they were um, at the bedside of someone who was in the process of dying. And they still took the call um, and asked just simply to be off camera. Long story short, eventually the person, the, the person's line manager began to give them feedback about not being on camera and not being present. And here was the, the employee in a conundrum. Do I choose to not be present at work and take time um, and just take time so that I can be present with my loved one, um, knowing that there are other people who have passed as well and that there are multiple funerals and a ton of bereavement and a lot of big projects at the same time. So how do I prioritize which things are more important? Listening to the story, it's easy for you to say, of course, you take the time away and take care of yourself and take care of your loved one. But in the moment and in the situation, is that what you say as a leader? Is that what you convey? Is the concern about the employee and their well-being and how they're navigating, or is the concern about the work product that they're responsible for delivering? Or is the concern about whether or not they're on camera, which gives the assumption that there's not the ability to be fully present and engaged in a conversation if you're not being seen? Even as I say this to you, and I'm you know, thinking about recording this podcast, and I'm looking at myself and thinking about for the fact that my first year of my other podcast was totally in audio. And my assumption is that as you're listening to it, wherever it is that you're doing, working out or commuting on the train or whatever, that you're able to be present and hear it. And so my point to you is the assumptions that we make as leaders, the assumptiveness of what it looks like to be present has to evolve. In work groups where people are remote, there are going to be times where people physically cannot or should not be on camera, and that should be okay. What is lost by creating the space for people to take what they need when they need it? There's a different dynamic if that is always the case, even when there are not circumstances. But when there are circumstances that have been communicated and or or even if it is just simply here's what I need today in order to be able to be effective, we have to think about what really is the overarching big picture. Is it more important to have the countenance seen or is the, the core of it the question around whether or not you're fully present? Because you can be fully present and not be seen. Understanding the difference between the two and managing those situations accordingly is what makes good leaders successful in times where there is challenge and change. And I tell you, there will be a lot of change. We are going to experience significant changes. And you'll hear more about that in the divine guidance that comes out for the month of October. In the meantime, what you should know is that you're responsible for creating the kind of environment where people can be successful, even if they're not able to always be on. When we think about the evolving perspective, it also means recognition that people are doing the best with what they have. So many people are experiencing significant grief. There, I have a workshop called Stages of Humanity that talks about the different stages that we're going through when we experience the kind of trauma that we did in 2020. And people are grieving and have not taken time for grief because they don't recognize this grief. It's not the same that happens when a loved one passes away. But we grieve ourselves when we go through, through significant change. We grieve culture 
when it changes in a way that is not desirable to the way we want things to be. There's so much that has happened and that people are experiencing that they cannot name. And so they're struggling with that, unable to articulate what that means to the leaders and to the organizational management that they are missing an opportunity to ask for the help and support that they desire. A good leader recognizes there are changes happening and begins to do the exploration with the employee to help, to help them articulate what's going on and what they might need. That's a really important thing to consider. Another thing that creates leaders that are built to last are ones who recognize the differences in the generational workforce. We are all not the same. We did not all have the same um, set of experiences. We did not all have the same mindset around coming into the workplace. So like, when, if I think about Generation X, you know, we definitely came in with this head down, you know, do the thing, do the thing, you know, do a great job, and ideally finish in a company. Maybe you work for two or three companies, but ideally, you know, you spend more time in the same environment and. There, the baby boomer generation was very much like find the company and you stay and you grow with that company. Where if we look at millennials and beyond, there is a significant shift that says, go where you need to go, be in the places where you need to be, learn and grow and get the experiences and growth from wherever it is that, that you find is meeting the needs that you have and can receive the contributions you want to make. It is a very different mindset. So the leader of today has to think about how do I, how do I speak to the experiences that are different across my team? I may have someone who's in Generation X that doesn't desire to go anywhere and, has, and loves this particular work team and this is where they wanna be. How do I create space for their continued strength and contribution um, knowing that it may not mean them moving to a bigger or a different role. In the same case, I hear a lot of times from the clients that I work with that there is um, pressure around millennial, for example, that may want to get promoted within 18 months of being in a role. And there's still a mindset that exists that's like at 18 months, you just don't know what you don't know to get promoted. Well, I will tell you, I can name quite a few roles that I've been in in the course of my career where I moved in 18 to 24 months um, into significant leadership opportunities and did extremely well in those. The leaders that I worked with were able to see the reason why I was ready. They were able to do the work to help me prepare, to show me what it looked like to be ready for those opportunities. And they took the necessary risks, whatever it was that they had to get out of their mindset to say, she's the one to put me in those roles and opportunities. And, and I performed and I did the work. And so it's not that it cannot be done, but there's a mindset of like, this isn't the way that we do it. Well, the, this isn't the way that we do it has to go. If it has not already been deleted, find your last bottle of white out, wait it out and chuck it in the, in the circular file. Because as a leader in this time frame, you have got to become more comfortable with being more fluid. Fluidity is going to be required. Adaptability is already required. The pace of change is going to continue to increase and speed up every single day that we live for the rest of our lives. That's the way that we are going. And so if we have to contend with the pace of change in the way that it is, the requirements changing from people, the multi-generational workforce, we have to reinvent ourselves as agents of change, not the keepers of the consistent and certain culture. That doesn't mean 
that the organizational norms and the commitments to the customers can't be realized. They can be, but it needs to happen in a way that is responsive to the shifts that are happening in your employee work groups. It means that your teams have to be more resilient. It means that the way that you can create and infuse more flexibility, the more success that you will experience, and certainly the more engagement that you'll have from your team. May I remind you as well as a leader that the cost to hire is always very significant and it is a hidden cost. We think about the cost of hiring a new person. We don't think about the cost that is associated with the lever, all of the knowledge loss that goes, the process loss, the delays in projects that happen as a result of. We don't think about those things in the same way that we do what does it cost to recruit and bring this person on board. But when you look at the, the, time, the timeline of someone leaving the organization, the timeline of looking for someone who's a replacement and the ramp up time frame for someone to come in, you can easily be looking at six to eight months of decreased productivity coming out of any one loss that you have. Couple that with multiple losses, in a particular function and it can be crippling. So as a leader, part of it is recognizing what risk is and saying like, how do I help? How do I do everything that I can to help those who are performing and being successful to continue to perform and be successful in the organization? That should be your goal and mindset. And a lot of times what stands in the way is that we want things to be consistent. We want it to be the way it's been in the past and we're not quite ready to allow ourselves to be willing to think outside the box to do things that are different. But the reality is to choose to do that now is to choose to watch your workforce exit. To choose to be in a place where you're not open to possibilities is going to put you behind the eight ball, so to speak, when the changes that are coming down the pike occur. If you want to be built to last as a leader, you have to create space for possibilities. You have to be willing to change and evolve your perspective. You have to be willing to listen more than you speak. You have to be willing to recognize that when people are talking about the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging agenda, what they really mean is, how do we create space for people to be different and to feel appreciated and honored for, their, their, for what they desire to contribute, to be received, for us to get the best out of their, their, out of their work product and to provide the best experience for everyone while we're doing it. The more that we hold on to the cultural norms without allowing them to evolve over time and to speak to and create environments where people feel the belonging and inclusion that they should have and where diversity is honored, the more we are setting our organizations up for fall. And I don't mean the season fall, I mean to fall, to experience a demise. And whether that plays itself out on Glassdoor or is truly because there is a mass exodus in workforce, or the worst of which would be the closing doors of businesses, you can see that there are changes that are required. And to be a built to last leader, we are looking for the ways in which we can impact those changes, where we can be advanced of the curve, where we can be looking and seeing and identifying fear when it shows up in our employees. I wanna close on that note because I think it is so important to think about the anticipation of fear. When we look at the way organizations planned in preparation for COVID, those who were really prepared and communicated well, they did the work to say, 
What are my employees going to be thinking and feeling and how do I counter that? What things can I truly say with certainty as an organization that we are going to stand behind with all level of reasonableness that I can then go out before my employee population and say, this is what we are going to do to help to take that fear away. I, I, I worked for a phenomenal general manager who said the role and responsibility of a leader was to import stress and export calm. Import stress and export calm. Import stress and export calm. And he would say that to us over and over again until it became like tape playing over and over for me. His, his call out about our role being taking a look at what's stressful in the environment and to create a solve for it. And if we didn't have a solve immediately to say, it's okay, I've got it, I see it. I'm calling it out to you so you know that I know it's a problem and I'm gonna figure out a solution through it or we're gonna design and build something that will help us navigate through. That mindset is one that created spaces in workplaces for possibilities. And with such, created some phenomenal performance results because people felt seen. They knew that it was okay to have a challenge or a problem or to see something that created fear and that their leader wouldn't run away from it, but instead they would lean into it. The last thing I will close with, I know I said that a moment ago, but there's one more I wanna share with you um, that's coming up for me in this moment. Um, a long time ago, there was a general manager that I, that I worked with and, and he reminded a group of leaders that we were dinner time conversation. And it's one of the things that has stuck with me over, over the years. I would not say that I set the way that I lead up by knowing that I'm dinner time conversation, but it reminds me of the importance of what is said and how I treat people and how that folds over into their life outside of work. You're their dinner time conversation. So what happens at work does go home with them. It goes maybe on text and voice memos too now, Perhaps it even shows up on social media. And while I'm not saying that that should shift the way that you lead, there should be a cognizance that what you do and say is important. That you matter in the way that what you do is impacting the way people see and experience life. The way that they see and experience value, the way they derive the value that you and the organization have on them comes from what you do and say. So we should not take it lightheartedly that when people are going through challenges, that we don't spend the time to really hear them and to be in support of them finding a solution, even if those solutions are difficult for us to manage. When we do the right thing, it strengthens a relationship that an employee has with a company organization or leader. When we allow the circumstances and challenges to stand in the way of them being able to be successful, well, there's an impact that creates disconnect and it certainly can, can circumvent the ability for the leader to be able to be who, who they need to and desire to be, to be a built to last kind of leader. So I hope that this has been helpful for you today. I great, I'm grateful that you would come and listen to episode three. I'm excited about episode four coming up because we will be sharing the Remarkably Me um, launch for season two. So I'm so excited about um, having that podcast episode here for you. 
Um, episode one of Remarkably Me, which will be here on the Unique Apple podcast as our, as our episode four, because it is a part of the four-week cycle, um, is all about where I have been in my healing journey. And so Remarkably Me is a podcast that's dedicated to, through, to healing through the power of storytelling. And what you'll find in season two is that um, there are plenty of exciting guests, people who um, I hope are new to you and are people who you will follow and um, enjoy hearing their healing stories and watch as they continue to heal um, publicly. And for me, the shares that you will hear in the episodes where it, where it is me solo, it is about the active healing that I am experiencing. And so I have much to tell about what's happened in the last year. Um, and so I look forward to your hearing that episode and to your giving me some comments and letting me know what you thought about it. And by the way, if you've not subscribed yet to the Anika Apple podcast, please do so. I'd love to continue the conversation with you. What you can expect on the Anika Apple podcast is that every four weeks we go through this rhythm where you hear the divine monthly update, which you can also find on my YouTube channel that the second week is all about um, the marketplace. So what's happening in community and in organizations. The third week, this week is around leadership and how do you strengthen yourself as a leader? And this is about leadership inside and outside of the workplace. And then the fourth week is our Remarkably Me podcast where we can look at how we heal through the power of storytelling. So I thank you and I'm grateful again that you would join us. Please subscribe. Don't forget to share and set your post notifications so that you can be reminded every time the new episode drops. I look forward to seeing you again. And as always, peace and blessings.